39, the treasure chest of magazine music and the funny side of life rooted in our community. And we're here, yes, right here on 106.6 FM, Colm Radio. I really am Bill Lawrence and I'm live here in Studio One at Colm Radio Towers on the fourth floor with the usual suspects, Ian Tallentire, who's back from his jaunts across Europe. Hi, Ian. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, everybody listening. And it's good to be back here in... Well, a very warm blighty. Uh, and it's lovely, lovely, and very pleasant to be sitting opposite somebody I recognised from many years ago um, because she's going to be involved in our show about Australia, which is a sovereign country comprising the mainland of the Australian continent, the island of Tasmania, and numerous smaller islands. The population of 25 million is highly urbanised and heavily concentrated on the eastern seaboard. Australia's capital is Canberra, and its largest city is Sydney. Can I have a quick anecdote? Go on. I learned to swim in Canberra. Well, on the Canberra. You stunned me into silence, Ian. Yeah, I came back from America on this boat called the Canberra, and I learned to swim on it while I was coming back. And that's my only link with Australia, so I thought I'd get it in early. And you wonder why you get paid less than me on this show. Oh, sorry, listeners. Now, Australia is a federal parliamentary constitutional monarchy. And I won't say that again. It's ruled by Queen Elizabeth II. God bless all who sail in her. And it comprises six states and ten territories. And its current Prime Minister is a man called Scott Morrison, who we would define in UK political terms as a pragmatic conservative. Ooh, that sounds posh, doesn't it? It's the oldest, flattest and driest inhabited continent with the least fertile soils and is a truly mega-diverse country. Deserts, tropical rainforests, mountain ranges... And its population density of 2.8 inhabitants per square kilometre remains amongst the lowest in the world. And you know, Mr Lawrence, that must be very painful. What what must be? 2.8 inhabitants. You're not going to get paid anything this week at all, at this rate. Now, Australia is a highly developed country. It's got the world's 14th largest economy, so it's it's one of the first world countries. has the world's 8th largest immigrant population, and immigrants account for 29% of the population. That puts it in the G20, by the way. That's good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. And we're joined in Studio One for our Australia special by our very, very special guest and an Australian, which is quite good for the subject matter involved, isn't it, really? And she lives here in North East Essex. It's Rebecca Rees. Hello, and thank you very much for coming in, Rebecca. Hello, Ian. Hello, Bill. We're going to speak to you all the way through the show because what we've done is we've, we've put out on Facebook and Twitter, we asked for questions and we've got loads of them in and Rebecca's very kindly said she's going to answer them for us. So we've got a lot to get through. Uh, we're going to be asking Rebecca not just only to answer her questions about her life growing up in Australia. We're going to play some Australian music and we're going to speak to a number of other Box 39 listeners still living in Australia. So come on then, let's open the Box 39 Australia special. Thank you. 
muscle. He was six foot four, full of muscle. I said, Do you speak my language, brother? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. He said, I come from a land down under. Wabida's flow, Menchanda. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. Once more to Box 39, and this is Ausgang Exit, our live 16-piece house band here on 106.6 FM, and they're playing one of my favourites, which is Scott's Accountants Having a Sugar High. And uh, Henry from Ausgang Exit did tell me that one of the favourite places he's ever been to on holiday was Vienna. But there again, he was muddling up Austria with Australia. But never mind. Now, you're listening to, as I said, Box 39 here on 106.6 FM, Cold Radio, where magic begins and happens. And uh, we've got lots of letters and emails in. Send some more if you want. We're at Box 39 on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, we ask, what do you want to know about Australia? And we've got Rebecca Rees here to answer your queries. Welcome once more, Rebecca. And let's start throwing questions at Rebecca now you go off with the first one please Ian oh excellent so Rebecca where in Australia do you come from and how did you end up over here well I come from Sydney so New South Wales and the northern shore part of it which some people may know so manly side of the harbour and I came over to the UK because I needed to work and I'm a teacher so are you yes. implying that there are no jobs for teachers in Australia? Well, there wasn't at the time I qualified. Uh, yeah, okay. so... usual thing. Follow-on question, Mr. Yeah, Harris. you can go for it. What is the difference between a state and a territory in Australia? Oh, that's a really good question, and I'm not sure I can answer. Well, I we, don't know. We gave this information out in the intro, Rebecca, and I was <laughs> hoping, hoping, you know, as you oh, are a teacher, gosh. that you could shed some educational light on it for me, because mm. I like facts. I, I am the fact Yeah, you are. It's a fact geek. Well, I think a state probably has I'm gonna some sort of... I'm going to look it up. It's completely independent, maybe, and the territory belongs to someone else? Yeah. I don't maybe. know, because so, Australian Capital Territory's got Canberra in it, so the capital, uh-huh. and New South Wales is a state. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to do some Googling. Maybe some search engines are available. Well, maybe someone like us. Now, look, we uh, received something from Ruth and Gemma in West Mersey. Thank you very much, Ruth and Gemma. And they ask, are Australians who come from temperate Tasmania different from Australians who come from tropical Queensland? Now, you've got a bit of an interest in this because I believe you come from one of those. Was it the temperate Tasmania or tropical Queensland? Oh, neither of those two. But I'd be more like a Tasmanian than a tropical Queenslander. Okay. A so, bit more civilised. Uh, is that the difference? Yeah, we've got certain names for tropical Queenslanders. <laughs> so I don't think it's polite to share. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, uh, you've got one there from Michael and House, did Ian? I have. Are Australians who come from Perth, the world's most remote million-plus city, different from Australians who come from the East Coast? Or wouldn't you know the answer because you've never been there? I've never been to Perth, but I've met a few oh, people. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Michael. No, 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 no. I've met some people from Perth, and I, well, yeah, they're very dubious characters. One was an English teacher in, in Hackney, and he could never spell. So when he was writing on the board, you had to leap up and change the spelling. And I had to keep telling the kids I'd got a map of Australia and showed them where I came from and where he came from so they could tell the difference. Well, one of the, we have a friend of the show, Lord David Price, and he comes from Perth and he's... Uh, 
He's a bit dodgy, isn't he? Oh. He doesn't come from Perth, does he? No, he lives he in Perth. He is well Perth. dodgy. One of the dodgiest <laughs> businessmen on in the Southern Hemisphere, I would say. Well, I, just because he's now almost, you know, sort of got the <laughs> monopoly on salmon production and supply in the world. Russian salmon, yeah. boxed up as Scottish. That's that's yeah. him. Anyway, him all over. Uh, Ravi, Ravi from East Bergholt said, Which parts, Rebecca, of Australia have you not been to that you'd like to visit? Not Perth. Not Perth, possibly Darwin or the Great Barrier Reef. So why wouldn't you like to? Why would you like not? Uh, what, sorry, why would you like to visit the Great Barrier Reef? Because I think it's an incredible ecosystem. Yeah, it's unique, isn't it? It's it is unique, a unique place. and I think see it before it disappears. Yeah, I don't want it, to be like doom and gloom, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Jack Cousteau is still sailing around there. No, it's his son or grandson it's doing the TV programmes great, now. Great-grandson, I would have yeah, thought I by now. he was wrapped in white cotton blanket and, you know, oh. a few words said as he slid off the deck. Oh, oh well, uh, have we got anything more there, Ian? Well, I wanted to ask you one because there's been some recent news out of Australia on the environmental front. Oh. So I'm going to ask you this personal opinion because there's, there's now talk uh, about culling various native species because, obviously, as Europeans settled there... There's yeah. been a displacement of those animals at the top of the feed chain, and they've been replaced by us who don't eat koala bears, various types of kangaroo, and other animals. And the Australian government are thinking about culling on the basis that um, basically the environment isn't going to provide enough food. So I just wondered where an Aussie would stand on that. Well, they tried to cull um, kangaroos when I was there, when I used to live there a long time ago, and they did it because they said there were too many and they needed the land to produce food mm. and that's a difficulty yeah. there's yeah. not much grows there but then the kangaroos are okay because they don't pull the the plant out by its root yeah. which is what the other animals do oh. sheep and cows yeah so they should be there and we should eat them so kangaroos are good kangaroos are good yeah there's evidence they're talking about koalas a certain type of kangaroo there's a bird and i can't remember the fourth one now but koalas only eat one type of eucalyptus leaf. Yeah. Only one. So there's only one. <laughs> They're very fussy eaters, aren't they? Out of the seventy different varieties. I used to have, I used to have a little child like that. <laughs> <laughs> very, very fussy. Well, look, not um, all species, and just one child. Yeah. <laughs> we we need to move on. Time presses on, and uh, this is from an Australian millennial. millennial folk rock band called the waifs one of my favorite australian uh, millennial folk rock bands actually and this is they're from albany in western australia have you ever been to albany no no not have i <laughs> it's a it's a classic bit of antipodean music though and this is called london still wonder if you can pick up my accent on the phone when i call across the country when i call across the world i see it in my kitchen i can Picture you now As you toast to your small town And you drink the happy hour I'm in London still I'm in London still I'm in London still I took the tube over to Camden To wander around it I bought some funky records with that old Motown sound And I miss you like my left arm that's been lost in a war Today I dream of home and not of London anymore I'm in London still I'm in London still
going to have a quick chat with John, who organises, manages the Scarborough Beach Futsal Centre on a Saturday. What sort of leagues do you run? What age groups and gender do you run down here, John? Well, we go all day from uh, 11s, 13s and 15s, and it's mixed. Mostly it's boys, but it's mixed, uh, you know, a few good girls players. All right, so John, you were growing up in Perth. Yes. In the 60s or 70s. Yes. I'm imagining soccer wasn't a big game back then. What what sort of sport did you play when you were a kid? Uh, You had two choices at school. You either played Aussie rules or you played cricket. That was it. (laughs) So summertime cricket, winter Aussie rules. Exactly. Yep, that was it. So how many years did you play cricket Aussie rules for? Oh, cricket for about 10 through from, you know, age 12 to 22. Then it got too hot and I wanted to go down the beach with the girls. 40, yeah, 20 plus years of Aussie rules. What brought you into the the futsal world? Because you're one of the most committed men in local junior sport I've seen for a long time. You do it all voluntarily. Yes. Um, uh, So what got you into the futsal? Well, young son Tom, who at about the age of 12 couldn't catch a ball to save his life, all of a sudden he discovered he could kick a soccer ball. Soccer was totally foreign to me, and uh, but he started playing soccer, and I started running the line and trying to learn a few rules. And and someone came to his school one day who played futsal, and Tom sort of liked what he saw, and uh, he got into futsal, and we got into futsal because he got into futsal, and here we are, very committed. So what do you like about the game, John? Oh, it's uh, such a fast game. Uh, it never stops. It's, uh, you know, if you're playing 20-minute halves, it's, uh, it's full on the whole time. And it's uh, very competitive uh, and uh, it's fabulous exercise. You need quick skills. You need to think very quickly. The boys just love it. So I suppose you've seen this comp grow from when it first started until where it is now? Yeah, well, we've been running this centre in Scarborough now for getting onto a couple of years and just started off with a handful of teams and now we're just knocking them back and uh, we haven't got enough hours in a Saturday to... uh, The centre's actually booked out by us on Saturdays, um, 22 teams now and others knocking on the door, so grown enormously. The whole soccer in Australia, whether it's outdoor or indoor, is growing enormously. When I first arrived here in 1998, I think I knew one bloke who possibly played soccer, supported soccer. He's a Leicester fan. Um, being a Swindon fan myself, we had a bit of banter about us beating them at Wembley in 93, 4 3, but that's another story. Um, and the other people that knew soccer had maybe played a manager game on the PC, Championship Manager. That was the, like the connections with soccer. And So, have you seen that change a lot over the years? Oh, massively. And if I just speak from my own point of view, I've just become a, a soccer fan and I'm watching it on TV, TV now. I wouldn't have dreamed of watching a soccer match. Now I know the rules and it makes a lot of sense to me now. I just absolutely love it. So you, you've got an option Saturday night, your favourite footy team. I think you're an Eagles fan and we'll forgive that. Or there's a soccer match on the telly. What wins? If it's an ordinary Aussie rules game and a good soccer game, the soccer game will win. And vice versa. <laughs> nice one, John. Okay. Thanks, Alan. And this is the boys working up a sweat. House gang exit and it's more than water in a strange man's eye. I love watching that horn section in action, don't you Ian? I think they're performing very well this evening, Bill. You're doing very well, lads. Keep up the good work. Now, uh, we'll let them fade off in the background because you're listening to Box 39 here on Colm Radio, 106.6 FM. I am Bill Lawrence, and we ask for letters and emails about Australia, and our special guest, Rebecca Rees, is here to answer them all. So, Ian, have we got any more questions? I think we might have. And, you know, Donna's been on the line from Norwich. Oh, good old Donna. Hello, Donna. Here we go, Rebecca. Brace yourself. If someone from a hen night or stag night in Colchester woke up in a similar-sized Australian town with a hangover, perhaps with their eyebrows shaved off and hugging a traffic cone, what differences would they notice in their surroundings? 
I'd probably just say there'd be more people in a similar situation <laughs> and don't have the excuse of a stag or hen do, really. Really? Is that... Brave behaviour, sort of, you know, de rigueur, is uh, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds like our sort of place, yeah. Bill. Do they have traffic cones, do they? We, we have traffic. We call them witches hats. Do you? Yeah, that makes yeah, isn't sense. That what... no, it works. You don't call them that, do you? No. no, no, no I have no. to remember what Not I... for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you have people with their eyebrows shaved off as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people with things written on them and then with, in sun cream. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, lots of that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's a good question and some great answers. Uh, we've got one here on Facebook, and this is from Bad Dog 68 whatever that means. And is that the train going by? Yeah, it is the train going by. <laughs> and Bad Dog 68 on Facebook says, What might you find in a big supermarket in your hometown in Australia that you might not find in Asda or Waitrose in Colchester? Very specific about the supermarkets in Colchester. But what, what, what can you put Bad Dog 68 of his misery there? What would you find in Australia? Well, I'll have to talk to you about Tim Tams then. And Tim Tams are biscuits. Oh. Yeah, like, I thought it was a fella for a moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, Tim no, Tams. No, no, Tim Tams. There's a thousand different flavours of them now as well, right. but you should go original. Yeah. Then you bite one end off and then you flip it around and bite the other end off and right. you put it in a cup of tea and you soak Ooh, the bis- the, all of the biscuit yeah. up into your mouth Ooh. from the tea. Nice. So I, I like a bit of dunking, actually. Yeah. So is that a dunking or...? No, 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 it's not dunking. You don't no. dunk it. No, no you and don't it dunk it. it crumbles in the inside, then you just throw it straight oh. in. Great. So it's Tim, kind of a bit of a smush. So if you're not Tim dunking Tams. it, what are you doing? You're sucking, the, you're sucking the drink up the inside of the biscuit. Yeah. Oh, no, you, no, no, but well, that is different to dunking. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have any bits of biscuit different. in the bottom of your tea. No, that's horrible. Ooh. I don't like that bit of dunk, dunk. That's, the, that's the downside of dunking. Yes. So this is a civilised dunking oh, okay. kind of equivalent. I've got one for you. It's from uh, mm-hmm. our old friend Stevie Ball out at Shrub End. Uh, what is the secret of a great barbecue? Uh, lots of booze. Yeah. So nothing to do with the food, no? no nothing to no. do with the food, no. Absolutely so not. So concentrating on the size of the prawns, we're wasting our time. Oh, it's, there's no point. It's, it's about how much, yeah, you've got to drink. Yeah. And how you, long you can drink. Don't you end up with very large burn marks on yourself, then? Oh. When you try and cook what limited food you've brought in. There's always plenty of food, and yeah. then it depends on who can cook it, is the person who's most intoxicated. Oh, okay, excellent. So does that help? No, I think that's good. It might. That's good. And I change my summer. I would say also, obviously, a secret to a great barbecue is to have some Tim Tams as well. (laughs) I don't know. No, they would not barbecue food. Can you get Tim Tams in this country? Yes, you can. Oh. But you have to order them through websites. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like an illicit product, which they kind of are, really. So. Wow. Wonderful. I think there'll be a rush on Tim Tams in this area now, I think. Now, Dave, from Dave's Burger Van of Stanway Golf Course, uh, and we are contractually obliged to say, as Dave sponsors Ausgoing Exit, that Dave's uh, meat is the finest meat you can put in your mouth in the whole of North Colchester. Now, Dave uh, wants to know, have you ever eaten kangaroo? No, I haven't. Haven't you? No, because I was a vegetarian when I lived in Australia. Uh, uh, so I'm sorry. I do agree with the principle of eating it, though. Yeah, do you? Just yes. to keep the numbers down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Animal control by eating them. Yeah, yeah, that works. Well, it's better than just, I don't know. Shoot yeah. them for no right. good reason. Yeah. yeah, you know, I understand that. Yeah. Are, are kangaroos quite, are they quite aggressive or friendly? Yes, no, they're, they're aggressive. aggressive. Aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you wouldn't it's have one wall- as a pet then? No, there's wallabies that are friendly. Yeah, yeah. And that includes the rugby team. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kangaroos box. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do actually box. Goodness me. Yeah. Goodness me. Okay. Well, well, it sounds quite a place, me. doesn't it? Go on. I've got a question from a very interesting sounding lady. Laura Gusset Hill out at St. Ozzy. No, I'm no, sorry. She lives, no, no, she, lives, she lives on Gusset Hill. I was going to say, that's an interesting <laughs> middle name, isn't it? Laura from Gusset Hill in St. Ozzy. What alcohol do Australians like to drink and in what size glasses? That's a good question. That is a good question. It's lager. 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 And midi and schooners. Midi. Right, midi. so a midi, what's roughly half a pint? Less smaller than smaller than a half pint. Oh, it's not worth bothering about. And then a schooner's smaller than a pint. Right, so, the, so is that so yeah. that you so you drink quite a lot of schooners in a night? Then you would, would you? You would, and yeah. you can do it all in one go really easily while it's cold. Ah. So that's the idea. Well, while it doesn't taste of anything, <laughs> pretty much. So, so they, slam yeah. it down. Okay. So <laughs> cold, very cold lager because of the hot weather. Yeah, then, yeah. 
Okay, well, that's, that's what makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, now I've got one from the Clapton Spider-Man, which Ooh. is a bit of a... He's on Facebook, or she. I don't know if it's a he or she. The Clapton Spider-Man wants to know, do Australians eat out a lot? Which I'm not really sure what a lot means, but, uh, you know, do people... I think what the Clapton Spider-Man is getting at is do you... Uh, do probably eat picnics and barbecues a lot. That's what I thought he yeah, meant. Yeah. Yes, alfresco yeah, dining, yeah. to use a European yeah. do you, term. Do you do that lot? Yes, you do that. We used to do it every day when we were kids. Come home, barbecue was on for dinner, and you'd eat outside. Yeah. And picnics is a really big thing. Yeah. And away from your car, which is what yeah. you guys do. Sorry, no, no, no offence to the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> but as a nation, yeah, I think seriously, right. within the car door, maybe right. two car doors. Yeah. The, yeah, national, we tend the to national do it. trust statistic for the British <laughs> is that, because I, I like these things, is that your average Brit who goes to a national trust property does not walk more than 200 metres from their car. No, but you can see that. Just that. I think that might be to do with the cold weather. That's born out of our climate. Like uh, in Australians having picnics every day is, is due to your climate. When you live in a cold, wet, northwest European island, you do hide behind the cold. And the, I mean, it's hailing tonight. It's the middle of summer and it's been hailing. Wasn't it? That wasn't hail. That was a weather event. It was. <laughs> anyway, look, we've got through that batch of questions. Absolutely fantastic. Well, now, one of Australia's most enduring bands are the Church. Uh, quite an old band, formed in 1980, so quite a while ago. Uh, the Church uh, have distinctive, ethereal, if that's such a word, psychedelic tinge guitar pop, a legend, 25 albums, and this is a song called Under the Milky Way. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of the breath fades with the light I think about loveless fascination Wish I knew what you were looking for Might I've known what you would find And it's something quite peculiar Something that shimmering your destination under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you were looking for Might have known Australian accent really uses a lot of slang, so let's learn some. Aussie, meaning Australian. Ambo, ambulance. Bogan, meaning the lowest class Australian. Wears thongs, drinks beer all day, doesn't have a job. Boogie board, it's like a mini surfboard. An esky, it's an ice cooler that keeps your drinks cold. Usually take them to barbecues and stuff. Grog, alcohol. Hobo, a homeless guy again. Ice block, icy pole, popsicle. Kindy, kindergarten. Lollies instead of sweets or candy. Maccas, meaning McDonald's. Let's go to Maccas, mate. Yeah. A pom or a pommy is an Englishman. Reckon, meaning absolutely. Oh, I reckon, mate. Relly, meaning relative. Right. Oh, she'll be right. That'd be right. A snag, sausage. Trackies or tracky dacks. Tracksuit. Togs, meaning swimmers, swimsuit. Uggies or Uggs, meaning Ugg boots. Veggies, vegetables. Go out your veggies, mate. Nah, mate. Nah. 
You're listening to Box. Uh, what is it? Thirty-nine. Box thirty-nine. And this is Assie Exit, as you say in Australia. With everything on TV from America, is all right. Tasty the way, Assie. Now you are listening, as always, to Box 39 here on Colm Radio 106.6 FM. And we're doing, this is our Australia special. We asked to, uh, we asked you to send in your queries. What do you want to know about Australia? And we brought in, uh, no expense spared, we've flown all the way from Stanway in Colchester, Rebecca Reese, to answer the questions. And uh, we're going to start off, Ian, I think there's one there from Krusty Cole, you Phil. Yeah, we got just, on Twitter. I'm just going to read that off Twitter. Um, and it's, it's, here's your question, Rebecca. Does every young Aussie learn to surf? No. Oh. <laughs> well, did did well, you? Well, that disappointed us. Um, no, I didn't. Um, I lived about half an hour from the beach. Um, no, I didn't. I learned to windsurf as part ah, of sport. Yes. But then a lot of us don't live near the sea. Of course. So, no, we Half don't. An hour still near the sea, Rebecca. Oh, yeah, I know. But then I wasn't one of those. You had to be like five minutes, two right. minutes, one minute. Yeah, Is yeah. that kind of, yeah. yeah, then you were. And the surfers were a completely different culture to the rest of us. And are they, uh, are they sort of the alpha males? Of yes. The, yeah. Yes. And alpha females as well. More alpha males when I was there, yeah. less alpha females. Right. Yeah. And I suppose the thing about being a surf person, you've got to carry that board around with you all day, haven't you? It's heavy. Yeah. It's proper heavy. Yeah, I've, I've never even seen one, let alone sat on one. <laughs> have, you, have you actually ever surfed? No, I only ever windsurfed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that looks good fun. Have you ever surfed, Ian? Once. How'd you get on? <laughs> it was cold and I fell off a lot. Yeah. Okay. I think that sums up my two hours <laughs> of trying to surf. Somewhere in Cornwall, cold, and I fell off a lot. Yeah. Well, that hopefully, Krusty Cole, you feel now. Uh, well, answered this question. Maybe I have you answered be this question. I hope you're satisfied, Krusty Cole, you feel. Now, Alice Morgan, who lives just around the corner from here on Station Road in Wivenhoe, or at least that's where she sent her uh, text from, says, Is the beach really as front, or frontal, I think she means, and central in everyday life as Australian soap operas and films seem to suggest? Well, you sort of argued a bit that. I mean, by saying if you don't live at the beach, it's not going to be. No, but then those of us who were half an hour away, whatever, <laughs> um, yes, it is. Even you, is have your, you have your Christmas on the beach. No. Is that, I thought that was a myth. No, no. We got banned one year from going to Bondi because there's too many British and Irish people drunk swimming and then they had to rescue too many of them. <laughs> so they banned everyone from having their picnic, beach, lunch, so Christmas wasn't day. So you had to show your passport. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that beach. was a little bit made us not that happy because we were like, but we want to swim because yeah. we can swim and be drunk and have a picnic all at the same time. Yeah. Whereas it just doesn't <laughs> seem to be part of the particularly Irish culture. Sorry, don't want to offend anyone who's... Now say something positive, otherwise I'll report you to the Irish police. (laughs) They need to practice more before they go over. The swimming swimming and the being drunk, they need to practice it more. Yeah, yeah. So when you have your Christmas on the beach, uh, Mm. uh, do you have a roast turkey and all the trimmings with that? Or is it sort of just a barbecue? Mm. You kind of have cold food, so you would have done all the cooking the day before yeah. and take it down in your esky, which yeah. you now know what one is. <laughs> Put it out on the beach and, yeah, yeah, no cooking on Christmas Day. So big beach blanket, you've got yeah. the uh, wind jammer out like we have down at Margate. Uh, I never saw one of those wind no. things the folding before I... Ch- all the folding chairs and the camping table up. No, no, you just sit on your towel. On, oh, the, okay. on the on the beach, I yeah. Mean, it's not a lot of preparation going. No, this is I'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> that one of our colonies hasn't taken on the knotted handkerchief over the head. Sorry, you know, but the you rolled did, up trousers. Well, no, you did take on Benny Hill and two runnies, though, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Through <laughs> <laughs> gritted teeth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when, I've got another one. Go on then. Yeah, I've got one that's coming from uh, Harvey, who lives in North Colchester. Very specific there, Harvey, with your location. Is it true that rugby union is, um, relatively speaking, a small sport out in Australia? Yeah, it is. It's only really played in New South Wales and um, Victoria. 
It's not really played anywhere else. So what's their combined population? Why do we have such trouble beating them? <laughs> oh, you don't any more, though, population. do you? No, no. No. Actually, yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. So back in the day, old Campesi, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you know, running came, the ball up the wing. Well, he, he lived around the corner from my school when I was a kid, so you used to see him all the while. Running very quickly up the rugby field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there was a couple of big teams, Randwick and teams like that in, in New South Wales, and they all came from that. But it really, it, and it was also, you had a job, you had a profession, and yeah, it was it was a, a posh boy sport, so it wasn't really. Uh, it was very. Well, I can. This, this ties in very nicely with, with some questions from Ron. Maybe it's Ron O'Neillans or is it Ron Onions? I don't know. Need a market. Uh, it says, "What's the biggest participation sport in Australia?" Would you say swimming? Cricket. 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 Not swimming. Yeah, no, I'd say cricket. Rules. I never thought Aussie rules. No, but then Aussie rules isn't played in mo- it played in Victoria, but not really in New South Wales. Only the Sydney Swans. Uh, right, and okay. when you're thinking of population centres, yeah, yeah. Brisbane, Sydney don't really play it. Sort so, of. So the, and uh, soccer. That's not a big participation sport. It's becoming more so. Yeah. But cricket is still the. The cricket's yes, the big one. And is, yeah. and is the soccer growing because it's more inclusive? Probably, probably. As in girls are allowed to play. Yeah, they. It used to be that it was all people. We had a very big um, sort of Croatian population, Italian population, and they were the people that had the football teams. And then they told they took away. You weren't allowed to call it after you, the country you'd come from or your family's background was from. And once they took that away, it became more inclusive and more Aussies who might not have had a European connection played yeah. it. Otherwise, I used to call it this terrible phrase. <laughs> is it repeatable or is it another one of those? No. In which case, no. don't say it. Because... <laughs> My brother wouldn't play it because it was called one of two yeah. things. Uh, and you, yeah, so okay. it had negative connotations. But it's far more inclusive now. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's good. Well, let's push on because Crowded House were formed in 1985 in Melbourne in Australia. And uh, they enjoyed huge success, didn't they, all over the world. And uh, one of their finest songs, Don't Dream It's Over, we've found a recording by Sydney-based Aussie pop chanteurs, Sarah Blasco. There is freedom within, there is freedom without, try to catch the deluge in a paper cup. There's a battle ahead. Many battles are lost But you'll never see the end of the road While you're traveling with me Hey now, hey now Don't dream it's over Hey now, hey now When the world comes in They come, they come To build a wall between us You know they are causing me suspicion but there's no proof in the paper today tales of war and of waste but you turn right over to the tv page hey now hey now don't dream it's over hey now hey now when the world comes in postcard from Perth. It's been a strange few days in Perth. We've had the second highest day of rainfall ever. I think we had something like 120 millimetres of rain over Thursday night and Friday morning. Um, 
the local cricket ground near my house in Scarborough was completely flooded on Friday. There were turtles swimming in about six inches of water. The local kids had turned the pitch covers into a slip and slide down the slope and lots of local sport was cancelled. But I'm here today watching a game of sixth grade cricket in the one day grand final in the Southern Metropolitan Cricket Association. One of my uh, old playing colleagues, Mr. Filthy Phil Carmen, is turning out for Cardinia. Filthy was the first man that I ever met when I came to Australia. I'd been in the country about 48 hours and went to the local cricket ground to attend the nets and join the club. And after about five minutes there, this uh, six foot three fella sidled up to me, introduced himself and promptly invited me down to the local pub the next day. And uh, so I didn't have a clue where I was and he gave me directions to where the pub was and assured me he's finishing work, he was a, he's a painter, he's finishing work at 12 o'clock on the Friday and he's going to be in the pub from opening to close the next day. So all right, sounds good. I'll pop down and see him. And I got off the train station and realised that the suburb at the time had no streetlights whatsoever and had to somehow find my way through the suburb to the pub and after many wrong turns and very few people to ask directions on the street it's a funny thing about australian suburbs there's rarely many people walking around them at night and uh, eventually i turned up at the pub and my friend mr carmen was nowhere to be seen luckily there was a bunch of lads there playing some pool and a couple of them played for the cricket club that i'd gone to the day before and much merriment was made and about 11 o'clock that night my mate actually turned up but anyway He's been a good friend of mine for the last 18 years that I've been here. And so I've come down to watch him play today. Um, they can play today because they're playing on a, an artificial wicket with a two-piece ball, which was also very foreign to me when I turned up in this town. Instead of having the quarter seam, it's just a two-piece ball, which behaves quite differently to the normal cricket ball. It swings a lot more and bounces a bit differently to a normal cricket ball. <laughs> Anyway, it's the tea break and there's about 40 people kicking an Aussie Rules football on the field. The weather is still very overcast and I'm just weighing up whether to go and watch the first Australian Football League women's game to be held at a professional level in Western Australia. The game's on in Fremount, which is about eight kilometres away from where I am in Cardinia. I've just heard a, a little thunderclap, so that might mean the end of that little adventure. Anyway, I think that's it for now. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ausgang exits greatest hits now. Complaint from neighbours about birdsong. One of the biggest complaints that Ausgang exit gets, uh, one of their uh, trombonists was telling me, is, is that people mistakenly think that it's just all their music comes from one person sitting at a computer. I ask you, what a mistake to make. So we've asked for letters and emails about Australia. Australia is our theme tonight. And we welcome Rebecca Reese once more to answer some questions about Australia. And I see one's popped up on Twitter, Ian, from someone called Mango Dread. Yeah, interesting name. Interesting question for that matter. Anyway, Rebecca, it's said that New Zealanders moving to Australia to live and work raises the IQ in both countries. What's the basis for this idea, do you think? <laughs> oh, mango. What a, what a, oh, I don't think. know if I want to answer that one. That's a curveball. Is that, that, that harsh but essentially fair? Or? <laughs> I don't know. The, the one thing that a New Zealander taught me, apart from I went out with one and he shaved his legs because he was a it. Commonwealth cyclist and I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit weird. <laughs> and then the other one was I babysat for a lady and she taught me how to make fairy bread. But nice. she said we didn't know how to make it properly in Australia. So she showed me the <laughs> kiwi version of it. But we just call them kiwis. 
So this whole New Zealander thing, I don't, yeah. I, right. can't, I don't feel I can comment further than that, really. I really don't. <laughs> no, and, and, and quite rightly, I think, from Mango, I think you should, you should, you should um, think very carefully, Mango, about what you've said mm. there. Terrible. Now, Ziggy999 on Facebook says, and this is a quote, this is quite a long quote from Ziggy, Sailors fighting in the dance hall. Oh, man, look at those cavemen go. It's the freakiest show. Take a look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy. Oh, man. Wonder if he'll ever know he's in the best-selling show. Is there life on Mars? Now, Rebecca, says Ziggy, 999. Some people think that Bowie's famous song was actually about Australia. What do you think? It could be. Could it really? It could definitely be. We yeah. have we have these things called um, Sheila's and I can't even remember what it was called. And you'd go out into the bush and you'd kind of like, you know, you've seen those gypsy wedding programs about mating rituals. It's not dissimilar, really. So when you kind of read that, I'm not, I don't know if I can comment on the police bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it could have been a barrister, a judge. I don't know. So are, are I'm you, thinking Ned Kelly. Are you, <laughs> so you're saying that in the, uh, the sort of in, inside of Australia, in, the, in what would be referred to as the bush, mm. it's a very different, mm. very different. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bachelor and Sheila get-togethers and things like that where you, you wouldn't surface for two or three days and it would definitely be kind of caveman central yes okay and <laughs> i uh, hope the reference to the other community so <laughs> 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 what i've seen on documentaries so it just pre, reminded so me of prehistoric <laughs> as regards the maturity of relationship I, I i would say so yeah and would they yeah. see themselves as being very different from people in the town in the cities on the on the periphery would those people in the bush very much say, we're not like them? I think they'd be proud of it. Yeah. 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 And okay. live up to certain expectations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, much, I mean, we mentioned a big figure of mig- migration, 29%. Would, the, would people migrate, uh, immigrants live in the inside? No. no. Okay. No. I think we're building up a good no. picture there. <laughs> Painting a picture there, Rebecca. Yeah, but it can be quite funny when you're out there and you yeah. kind of see it all happening yeah unfolding before your very eyes and then you realize that some of them used to be just like you and then they just went out and dropped out of society so that's what they do they they farm do they is that what they do is that how they make a living i don't know that whole (laughs) they just somehow make a living they somehow make a living yes so you prefer to be a spectator and you'd rather not get that close is that what you're saying i think it's probably as a as a as a female yes Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very nicely put. Okay. That was succinct. Wrapped it up nicely. Next question. Next one in. Okay, from Keith out in Prettygate. Is it safe to walk around city centres of Australia's state capitals late at night? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It but is. But not the bush. Not the bush, no. But the urban centres are fine. Absolutely. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. And would you People say, are very nice. And would you say that is the same for a woman? I mean, we have this, this thing here, don't we, where blokes might wander around late at night, don't really think anything of it. Mm. But women would probably, though they shouldn't have to be, they probably are more careful. Would that be similar in Australia or would yeah. they not really think about it? No, no, no. You'd have to be more careful. Yeah. And you'd always go in little groups if you could. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So very similar to European yeah. centres. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we've got a uh, last one from Glenn, uh, 1N in Stone Market. It says, what is a booze bus? Is no. it not a bus that sells booze? Or? No, it's not a, not a booze bus. No, it's Colchester where... Colchester SOS bus? <laughs> no, no. The only thing that I know is that's called a booze bus is when they stop, they pull you over and they test you, they breathalyse you. Oh, so to okay. me, I think that's what they're, that's they're what talking is, about. Oh. But they don't just do booze. They do any form Drugs. of... Yeah. Yeah. I think they do that in Britain. I've seen it on the telly. Many, yeah. many tests for that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they need a bus rather okay. than just yeah, the breathalyzer. A whole lab, yeah. in, the, a whole lab <laughs> in the boot. Yeah, I would suggest so, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's great. Now this is we're now gonna hear a piece of music. I think it's my favourite piece, Midnight Oil. Formed in Sydney in nineteen seventy two with a drummer called Bones. And and we're just going to ask you, everyone knows the classic 1987 hit song, Beds Are Burning, recently voted uh, as the third best Australian song of all time. It beat the 1957 Slim Dusty classic, A Pub With No Beer. Do you know that one? I do know that one, <laughs> yes. Is it a classic? <laughs> it is a classic, and you sing it at um, football matches. Well, sorry, when I say football, I mean um, union, league, yeah. rugby yeah. matches, yeah, along with Walsing Matilda. 
Really? It's the ones okay. you don't get, you don't hear when they do the t- televise it. No. And, uh, the, you don't bother with the national anthem. No. <laughs> and we understand. <laughs> we'll, we'll have war signature, but they wouldn't give it us as our national anthem. Yeah, but a pub with no beer is an absolute national tragedy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be if it happened, yeah. <laughs> and we understand, uh, Rebecca, you do have, uh, you, you, know, you met someone from Midnight Island. I did. Well, Pete, tell us about that. Yeah, Pete Garrett, when I was studying um, architecture, we were sent out to draw particular buildings and we were given a building to go and sit on the street and draw and you had to do it for five hours. And I was sat there in Glebe in Sydney um, and in a city, Sydney, and along walks Peter Garrett and I thought, what's this shadow come over my artwork? And it was him. And he said, um, don't ever give up. Oh, Don't wonderful. ever give up. He didn't even look at the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Just went, could have been the next album cover. Were you smiling serenely at him at that point? Oh yeah, kind of. It was a bit scary when he leans down over you with his yeah. like big bald head. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh. Australians tend to have a high-rising terminal. That's a technical term for sentences that go up at the end, like this, sometimes called the Australian question inflection. Goes up like this. Now, that's very easy to do, and some people find it annoying, but it is key for that Australian accent. So you've got the difference between a Cockney, all right, mate, and an Australian, all right, mate, going up at the end. Let's also look at the A sound, as in, no way. This becomes more like, I. So, no why? No why, mate? Going up, and you notice again, going up at the ends. No why, mate? Finally, let's look at ah. The at you get in hat, or man, or cam, camera. This changes to something a bit more like an eh sound, like we would say in an egg. So you might say, I love that hat. That's that hat. That hat. A great person to listen to for that sound is Jermaine Greer. She definitely speaks like that. I love that hat. This is Ausgang Axe's last piece of music for us before they shoot off down the pub, and this is what's been the matter with Fiona since 1983. So you are listening to Colm Radio. This is Box 39 and I am Bill Lawrence. And we ask for letters and emails about Australia and Rebecca's still with us to answer some more of those. Go on in, what have we got? Well, we've got a letter, well, a message from Elizabeth at the Queen's Head in Clacton. Um, what she's asking, a question of two parts, Rebecca. Republican, monarchist or sitting on the fence? And before you answer, the next bit is, what do Australians of non-British heritage think of it all? I wouldn't know how to answer the second part, but the first part is I'm a Republican, and I and I did get (laughs) I did get to vote, 
and I did vote for a Republic, and it was yeah. one of those Brexit things where What's it was really lodged from the UK, <laughs> or did you have to go down Australia <laughs> House? Um, I was actually still in Australia when I was asked yeah. to vote. Quite and a while ago now, isn't it? Yeah, and I did vote for Republic because I didn't really see the. Sorry, this is really. <laughs> I might be I'm scared now. Everybody in a democracy is allowed their opinion. When we buy you a pint later, it was as close as the Brexit, wasn't it? It was as close as, yeah. And and I I think there was a bit of gerrymandering going on where they were some people got more votes than others state wise and territory wise. Mm. It's a bit like a Conservative Party election then. Well I don't (laughs) (laughs) But what do what do Australians of non British heritage think of it, or do they not think of it? Go on, you gotta answer. Just one of those things that is you join the country and they, um, that's what you get. I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's it. And a lot of um, Australians of non-British heritage might have come from, if I'm taking it this the right way, Commonwealth countries anyway. Yeah. So it's, okay. you come from a Commonwealth to a Commonwealth and she's yeah. in the state. And if you come from Greece, you're coming from a country where you're ex- Prince, anyway, is yeah, married yeah, to the Queen. Yeah, where her husband yeah. was, would really be the head of state. So. <laughs> so, yeah, very true. There we yeah, are. Yeah. Every, it's, it's, it's six <laughs> degrees of separation <laughs> for everyone, isn't there? Really. Yeah. Okay, Robin in Brightlings here. That's Robin with a Y. Robin in Brightlings, he says, do shops use snow-themed decorations at Christmas time in the middle of the Australian yes, summer? Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And people who come from Europe to Australia have something called a Yule Fest in July. So they, when it's with the two weeks of the year when it's cold, yeah. they put Christmas trees up and they have the Christmas <laughs> celebrations. That is bonkers. But we isn't definitely it? have snow filled. We have cards with snowy scenes on yeah. and everything. Yeah. So you'll first. Yeah. So Australia of, books two weeks of cold weather just for the Europeans. Well, I think so. That's how yeah, it works. Yeah. Works. And yeah. is that a sort it's of just two weeks? Two no weeks, more. No more. <laughs> and they, they go for the Charles Dickens Dickensian yes. type Christmas yes. thing that we have here. Yes. Well, that's yes. great. That's good. Yeah. Well, there you are, Robin. Hope that uh, I hope that uh, it gives you all the answers you needed. What have you got there, Ian? Well, I've got one from World Cup Willie eighteen on Facebook. Um, what UK television programs do a lot of Australians watch? I can't talk about current Australians. I can tell you what I used to watch when I lived there, and I used to like porridge. I used to think we that was like yeah. So I used to like that, yeah. Um, and we used to get more. We got very few UK TV programs. It was nearly all um, American. So yeah, I don't know what they watch now, but we used to watch Porridge, Open All Hours, and that comedian Dave. What's his name? Alan. Yes, Dave Allen. Loads yeah. of Dave like Allen. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, loads of good. Dave Allen. Well, that's it really. Light leather and chrome chair, <laughs> cigarette burning in hand. Yes, yes. Very, very old school. Yes. Oh, well, there are so many questions we'd like to ask you, Rebecca, but we have run out of time. In fact, we're going to probably go over time and steal some time away from that red button show. But thank you so much for coming in. It's been a delight to uh, help uh, you to help us with all those answers, and we'll be speaking to you in the next hour anyway. So, uh, Australia, on the other side of the world, a community so different, yet just like our community here in North East Essex, so very much the same. There's the there's the thunder in the background. This has been our Box Thirty Nine Australia special, and this is our last piece of music. So I am Bill Lawrence. Join me again next time for another treasure chest of magazine music and the funny side of life rooted in our community here on 106.6 FM, Colm Radio. So from Studio One, up here on the fourth floor of Cone Radio Towers, high above the full and fertile lands of North East Essex, it's time for us to close Box 39 once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Thirty Nine has been a Guppy production for Calm Radio.